Hi, this is Glenn Delakian, host of Tandem Radio, The Good News on Business, heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or on the web. Thanks for joining us for a special series, Building a Kingdom-Minded Company. Whether you're a business owner or just starting your first job, our desire is that God would influence every part of your life, including your business world. Mark Griffin, president of In His Name HR, which provides human resources consulting for many organizations, brings some fantastic tools on faith and work through his 12-part series on building a company for God's glory. Let's join Mark and host D. Kovac for this segment on Building a Kingdom-Minded Company here at TandemRadio.com. Today we're talking with Christian business consultant Mark Griffin about his company, In His Name Human Resources. In His Name HR is leading business as a kingdom-minded company. During this 12-part series, Mark gives you the tools to prosper as a kingdom-minded company. Mark, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about what it is to be a kingdom-minded company. Hi, Dee. I'm excited to be here today. Great. We're glad you're here, too. Thank you. Always a font of information. Thank you. So, Mark, let's get started. We've talked about what a kingdom company is and how to take those first steps. Now, let's talk about how we get our mind into it, and what is a kingdom-minded company? Sure. Many people come to me and they say, hey, Mark, what's what's a kingdom-minded company? That's kind of a phrase that I put together uh, about two years ago uh, that I, you know, came into my heart. And uh, what it really is and, 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 and how I define it is a company that the uh, owner puts Christ first. First and foremost, they say, I'm going to put Christ first. So that's the first part of it. Um, the second is really that there's a clear mission for the organization. The third is a clear vision for the organization. The fourth part is having core values for the organization. And then also the company needs to have clear goals and objectives for its employees. And those those clear goals and objectives can be around the areas of productivity, safety, quality, and customer service. So really to recap, it's, it's not all that complicated. They put Christ first. They make sure that they have a mission for employees, a vision, and their core values. But then they have agreed upon goals and objectives and all this, quite frankly, ties back into helping the company to be prosperous. We have talked about uh, including the employees and including, uh, of course, the, the owner is the person who is driving this. Now, when you say, you know, minded and making this about Christ, when we say minded, every Christian takes time to pray, to read, to meditate, is there a connection? I, I think there is a connection to it, uh, but when I, whenever I, I, I say the word mindedness, I, I say it in the context that it's ingrained within the organization itself, and it's not just Christ and, and following Christ and using Him as His guide point. But you know, God wants us to be prosperous. The, all throughout the Bible, there's there's areas that say that God wants us to be prosperous. He He wants our businesses to be prosperous. He wants our employees to be prosperous. 
And, and we, we oftentimes forget about when our employees are prosperous, they prosper the community. And when they prosper the community, they, they prosper the churches that they're involved in. And, and all things start to develop better for the kingdom. Well, uh, so I have seen cars in front of me that have bumper stickers and places that have signs and people wear crosses. I've even been in cubicles where employees will have every piece of religious material in front of them. And I'm only guessing that they're doing that because, A, they want to have that constant prayerful conversation with God during their day, but they're also evangelizing in a way. Are we talking about evangelism within No, the- not necessarily. No, not, not at all. That's uh, being, a, being a kingdom-minded company doesn't mean that you're going to go over the top with the e- evangelism, not, not by any means. That, that's not what we're advocating. What, what, what we're advocating is that you have all the employees on the same page and that your mindedness is towards honoring God and being prosperous. And what I find, D, is many times employees aren't on the same page. And I think we do them a disservice and we do their families a disservice and the communities a disservice when they're not on the same page. So that's why it's so very important when we talked about developing the mission and the vision and the values that we get the employees on the same page. We really, you know, when you, when you listen to the media and you listen to the news, you hear a lot of negativity around employees and the worker in the United States and People don't want to work hard any longer or they want handouts. I don't believe that's true. I I, I think 99% of people want to do a good job. I think where we drop the ball as leadership is we don't guide them to help them to do a good job. I see. And I think that as we uh, are working and as we see jobs leaving the United States that we have gotten a bit of a bum rap where we're down on ourselves and uh, that doesn't necessarily need to be the case and we need to be reminded so when an owner decides to become a kingdom company and a kingdom minded company um, it's about communication is that what you're saying it's to a us? huge part of, uh, of of being a kingdom minded company is having the communication in place and having dialogue with employees for sure And everything that I'm hearing you say also is that even though the owner is, of course, the the head cheerleader, the driving force, they are taking into consideration the thoughts and the opinions and the spiritual walks of each of their employees, too. Is that true? They should be. The the, the owner uh, should be taking that into consideration. Oftentimes, they're not. I see. And do you see that that is the biggest stumbling block in becoming a kingdom-minded company that... Absolutely. When, when the owner and the leadership fails to engage employees and to cover that last piece that, that, that I explained about having agreed upon goals and objectives, I absolutely think that's fundamentally why companies fail. And, and, and I feel that way because I've experienced it myself in the last 20-plus years of being in human resources, not just with huge fortune companies but also with smaller privately held companies as well, where the employees weren't on the same page, the leaderships, the leadership couldn't bring to the employees 
a vision and a collective mission with the organization. So it's not just about stating what it is you want your company to do and setting the goals and and where your company is going to go. It is also about uh, a dialogue. Absolutely, a dialogue around expectations of what needs to be done and how things should get done within the organization. Things as simplistic as job descriptions need to be in place. If, if you don't have a job description, and, and that's what I consult with. I'm a human resource consultant, is I consult around areas of human resources to drive excellence within organizations. But I can tell you most organizations that I meet with, even larger ones, don't really have good job descriptions. And, you know, we look at it as an administrative burden or it's an overhead. I look at it differently because I think when you have a job description in place and employees have input in writing that job description, most people want to work for excellence and they want to drive results, but they need to know what it is that they're being expected to do. And that's why I go back to something as fundamental as a job description. This journey, it, reminds me in some ways of that television show where the uh, owner of the company goes in disguise into his plant or his operation and he starts to, he's the new guy on the job and the other people are training him and they have no idea that this is the man who is signing their paychecks. And the uh, the experience is eye-opening for everybody, both uh, the employees and the owner. And uh, I think you're just kind of, saying the same thing. It's so important to see. It's not always. You you lose sight sometimes of what's happening on the front lines or how people are having to do their jobs or accommodate you, situations. You do. You lose sight. And, and I, um, not without sin either. I mean, there, there's been times in my career where I lost sight, where I had many people reporting to me and I didn't spend as much time with them as I should have and I didn't articulate what the goals and objectives were for my department and they went astray, and then I'd go to hold them accountable, and I'd, I'd be ashamed because I'd realized I didn't clearly articulate what the goals and objectives were, and they strayed because I didn't give them guidance on what it is that they needed to do. So I've done it myself, but I do realize because of the economy, because of the political environment, because of world events, there's so many things going on to distract business owners right now and to distract leadership that the last thing they want to do is write a job description. But I can tell you those who don't are not going to be in good shape in the long term. Those who do can refine the approach and understand what it is that they're doing, and the employee can understand what it is they need to do as well. Because, again, we, we have a strong work ethic in the United States. Many people don't want us to, 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 to continue to believe that, but I believe we do. But when I talk to people and the employees are upset, it's typically they're upset because they can't meet the goals and objectives because they're not clearly articulated to them. They don't want to come to work and do a bad job. They want to do a great job. Well, you've touched on something that we live in an environment today with our global economy and uh, information at warp speed, if you will, something we would have never thought of even 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, how do our people overcoming that and making sure that they do set aside that time for the planning, for the setting the mind, if you will, for what it is you're trying to achieve when 
you have to basically hit every day running and every minute counts. How do you do that? Good companies are taking time and they're peeling away and they're being committed to doing this. They're, they're taking their leadership off-site and they're saying, we're going to take eight hours and we're going to reflect on what we've done the last three years. We're going to revisit our mission. We're going to revisit our vision and our core values. And we're going to set strategy. And you know what? We're going to go back and we're going to take time and we're going to peel people out of their work environments and we're going to facilitate and talk to them as well. The top leader has to make the decision that we're not going to get better unless we stop today and we reflect in the past and then we work out what we're going to be doing in the future. Because if you just continue the madness of working 12-hour days and having people work on Saturday, you're just going to continue that way until the company ultimately ends up failing. Well, and you exactly have hit the nail right on the head in my mind because as you were talking, I was thinking about the cliche where it is if you do not, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've watched organizations, I've been involved in, 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 in organizations in the belly of the beast where I just watched the whole organization collapsing around me because the leadership failed to stop and take a breath and realize where they were going and where they were taking the people. I mean, it's not healthy for leaders to be working 12, 16 hours for sustained periods of time for 18 or 24 months. They're not going to be innovative. They're not going to come up with new ideas, and the competition is going to smoke them, and they always do. But some people really believe that they're going to gain a greater benefit by doing that. I disagree. You know, everything that you're saying about the... Uh, process of becoming a kingdom company and a kingdom-minded company, I'm thinking that first and foremost, as a Christian company and believing in the teachings of Christ, you know, Christ touched the disciples. And, and in that way, he already has taught us that even though he had the ultimate decision or the ultimate power, he was able to set that aside and to engage others and to bring them in as a part of the team, if you will, to, uh, I guess, as we're taught and as we understand, further the mission. Absolutely. And I'm going to go back in this question to something that you uh, touched upon, and that is uh, for each individual company and each individual owner, it's what's comfortable to them. So what are the things that you find? Do people have within their uh, their walk do they have something, a piece of scripture, a meditation, a teaching from Christ? Are they picking something to form and be the cornerstone or the stepping stone, if you will, of their company? They do. And that's what's so beautiful for me personally and, and where I get a lot of satisfaction from is as I meet with these Christian business owners and, and some of these companies are, are, are large, they're, 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 several million dollar companies with over a hundred employees. Some are small, some are growing. They're going to be adding many, many employees over the next couple of years. What's, what's really interesting to me is to learn how they want to build their faith into their mission and vision and values and how it, it, there's variation from one company to another, which is good. It shouldn't be all things, you know, to all people. 
And in some organizations, they like to take a, a, a favorite piece of scripture and build it in, in, into their mission, vision, and values. Some steer away from it a little bit, uh, but all typically have a have a statement or a quote in there that I coach them to that says something to the effect that we're not perfect people and we're going to make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes, we're going to own up to it. We're going to learn from it and we're going to move on. And, and they love that and they smile and they appreciate it because we all know that we're going to make mistakes. And the last thing we want to do is take a mission, vision, and values to our employees and our vendors and our customers and, and profess something to do with Christianity and then be a hypocrite. That would be the worst thing that we could do. So, so p- building that in there tells the world that we're going to make mistakes Maybe sometimes we are a hypocrite, but we're going to admit it and we're going to move on from that. So really to answer your question, it's going to vary by, by, by all, all, all the CEOs are going to have a different way of putting it. The employees always have input to it. So there's going to be some tweaking. Uh, but back one, one last thing to this question is, um, most feel, most CEOs feel, I, I mean, they, they, Reflect back to Matthew nine thirty seven. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." They look at themselves as they're the workers. Christ sent the uh, disciples out to tell the world about its coming and, and the good news. And the CEOs feel that, "Wow, I'm empowered. I need to let people know the good news. I have to figure out a way to do it in a way that's not not offensive." Now we've talked a lot about employees, uh, but there's also a lot of information to be shared around ven- vendors and customers as well. And those are all uh, good topics that we can talk about in, in uh, the upcoming shows. Wonderful. Well, uh, this uh, show today uh, has stepped us another part closer in becoming a kingdom company, and we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, join us in our next show where Mark Griffin of In His Name Human Resources will define and discuss the importance of an organizational mission uh, statement for the Kingdom Company. We hope- You've been listening to Mark Griffin of In His Name HR at Tandem Radio, the good news on business. Be sure to check out some of Mark's other segments at www.tandemradio.com. That's tandemradio.com. You can find out more about Mark and In His Name HR, as well as other shows and videos on our website. Also, be sure to tune in every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or the web. Thanks again for joining us for the good news on business.